0: Welcome to the Moms Song Call podcast. We are dedicated to giving you something that you
1: can use in the first five minutes. Laura, what do we have today? Today, we are talking all things spit. Oh,
0: <laughs> be careful how you say it. <laughs> That's right.
1: All babies spit up, like all of them. They do. And sometimes it can see, seem as if they're spitting up like 10 ounces at one time. <laughs>
0: always seems like so much and it's so funny because dads are so funny and they'll throw the babies up in the air and you're always kind of wondering you know like if uncle mark's here you're kind of thinking yeah this would be the perfect time show them what happened to a baby really is <laughs> like and it's kind of cheesy and
1: white that and comes out and, it's and it smells really bad mm. but you know when you take a five milliliter syringe mm-hmm. of of water. And Which one, I do all the time. Yes. One of one of our doctors used to do it and squirt it really fast on the paper and it looked like a Tons. ton. And five milliliters is how much? That's a teaspoon. <laughs> is this a test?
0: I like went right back to nursing there's school. <laughs>
1: five mls yes, is a equal teaspoon
0: to... and then 15
1: mls is a tablespoon. <laughs> it is so crazy. So there's different <laughs> degrees of spitting. So we expect A handful or less with each feeding, right? I mean, we expect a handful.
0: You know, if you have more than a handful, more to three or four times a day, then
1: just call the pediatrician and check things out. That's right. And so as long as it's less than that and they're happy... It's expected, and it's actually a laundry problem. Right. And look, there are some good things. Soak those overnight in some
0: of that. Um, what was that stuff, Laura? Biz.
1: Biz. I loved biz. Yeah. It was fantastic. If you
0: soak it overnight in that and then put it in with the regular laundry, that's going to be fine. So that's like two tips in five minutes. There will be spit up. We can wash it out.
1: You've got this. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter.
0: (laughs) Okay, Laura, so today we're going to talk about some of the phrases that we came up with to help set perspective on what kids are capable of doing. So sometimes part of the dread is just because of what things are called, like the four-month sleep regression.
1: Oh my gosh. And that is hands down probably one of the most common questions that across the board comes in because everybody, the baby is like three weeks old. And because of all the information that we kind of get bombarded with, (laughs) we're already worrying about that dreadful four-month sleep regression that happens. But we call it sleep progression. progression.
0: It's a developmental breakthrough. It is indicative of the foundational elements that kids need in order to be able to grow and thrive. So that the no stage, the quote unquote, terrible twos, that's the foundation of decision-making. Like there are some really incredible things that are happening. And we like to bring light to that part because I think it just makes it easier on a parent's heart to recognize not only is there a way through it, but there is a significant advantage to it. When those kids learn to roll over either direction, they're finding their own comfy spot. That means that they're really capable of maintaining their sleep.
1: Right, and sometimes we just have to kind of get out of their way, right? It becomes more of a bump in the road. Mm -hmm. We know, so there's so many apps out there right now that'll kind of tell you about what they may be doing according to how old they are. Whether or not it's accurate, accurate, it's close. It'll give you an idea. It can progress at such different
0: levels. And especially with rolling over, you know, some babies will roll over onto their stomach and they just turn their head to the side and they're like, I love it here. I'm good. And then others, yeah, they're just screaming, look, that kid that hates it is going to learn faster. And the one who is just really content on their stomach when they roll over into their stomach, their parents are texting or emailing us worried that they're not meeting this developmental milestone. And we have to say, you know what, try and pick a time when they don't like it. Let's get some motivation behind that because some kids are just docile and do they just they're fine. So they love it and they're not going to work to try and roll over.
1: And developmental breakthroughs are going to happen like every four to six weeks. So we're going to be, and and it can be the rolling over. It can be the sitting up, the standing up, the, it could be even something more like a language yeah. explosion. We'll see kind of that uh, quote unquote regression at night, you know, when they just, when these little toddlers. Yeah. yeah we we'll can talk about that. <laughs> when
0: toddlers have a language explosion, parts of their brain, the neurogenesis the synapses that are communicating to each other it lights up in so many areas that it just their brain makes it hard for them to sleep Because it's doing so much. It's connecting in so many ways that are so advantageous to their ability to communicate, to their growth and development. So it just makes it harder to sleep because their brain's just lit up in so many different ways. And you may never have heard it described like this before, but it makes it harder to nap. And they wake up sometimes at night when they're in twilight sleep, just because their brain is on a little bit of overdrive, making the connections and growing in ways that are so helpful. So what we like to always recommend is don't change the other stuff. Don't add additional stimulation into this nighttime and nap time that they're having to process. Use the mom's on call principles. Get that white noise out. That helps the parts of the brain that need to relax to relax. And we'll keep out the most stimulating an interesting thing in their world, which is you. Which
1: is you. Hello.
0: <laughs> right. It's so helpful. And then that transition will take about two weeks. And then they go back into sleep as we often make unsustainable habits in that time because they're great sleepers especially, you know, a lot of our clients, the mom's on call clients are like, I don't know where they just started waking up at that language explosion. When they have these developmental breakthroughs, they will, their brain is growing and it's just connecting in ways that's going to kind of make it harder to sleep for a week or two. And we keep, everything else the same and let that progression happen.
1: It's normal. And it's to be expected. And not only normal, it's good. When we can keep a few things in place, it becomes more of a bump in the road than a true regression. Yeah. Um, It's just a bump. And yes, it'll be wonky for two or three days and then things will kind of get back on track. So keep a few things in place. The bedtime routine is huge. Hmm. We'll keep that bedtime routine in place when those little uh, progressions happen; those developmental breakthroughs happen. That'll help so much, and you know, and recognizing that you know that they need to expend some of that energy. They need to be able to to get through those those things and learning all that fun stuff. So we want to get out of their way and let them do what they're perfectly capable of doing. They
0: are, and I love it. I will often say to my clients, "Let this baby show you what they are capable of," because. They when we look at it that way, then it seems so much less daunting. Like, oh, they're so capable and they're learning so much so fast. Um and it doesn't always feel like sunshine and lollipops. Let us it not. It doesn't. It's not
1: fun. But we will say that four month developmental right. is a tough one. Um yeah, because they're just we just took them out the swaddle, right? Mm-hmm. And so now we kind of got through that transition. And then about three or four weeks later, now they're beginning to figure out how to roll over and, right. and One of the things that that um, that I have found personally with with my clients is for some kids, sleep sacks and sleep suits can just hinder them finding that comfy spot. So I always recommend to stay in footed PJs mm-hmm. until they're rolling easily. We want them to be yeah. able to work those muscles and hike that leg. So once they come out of the swaddle, kind of let them be free. Put them in those footed pajamas and give them a few weeks to to work those muscles and figure that out and find their
0: own comfy spot. They're so capable of that. Yeah. And another thing that we get asked all the time along those lines is then they start rolling over, so they get to Ooh. their tummy once they can get there on their own, you know, around that three month mark, you know, once they're out of the swaddle, um, that you don't have to go in there and keep rolling them back over onto their back. If they can get onto their tummy, (laughs) then they can stay there and you don't have to yeah, keep going back in, back and forth and rolling them over. I
1: had a client one time that was like, oh my gosh, she's rolled over and, you know, and she she can't roll back over yet. And I was like, well, if she's got the muscle capability to roll from her back to her belly, she can. <laughs> it's just going to take a little bit. And, but she said, she said, it's been a week. And I'm like, well, tell me a little bit about that, you know? And she says, well, me or my husband stand at the crib and when she rolls over, we're flipping her back. So she just doesn't have time and opportunity to learn. And these parents were standing at the side of the crib, flipping her like a pancake. Look, these parents are trying
0: to do the right thing they are. and just love these kids. And I what one of the things I love the most is then your voice comes in and says, Look, this is what this we are like the advocate for the baby. This is what this child is capable of. If we will give them time and opportunity and we will allow the sound of achievement which is loud crying uh, oftentimes when they're learning how to roll over that is their you know way to communicate that they're working on it and if we'll allow that sound of achievement that time that opportunity tell me what happened in this situation
1: laura they absolutely stayed out of their way and within two or three nights the kid was rolling and finding their comfy spot and let me just tell you there's nothing any cuter when they're figuring out how to roll over and they're sleeping with that butt. ooh, i the <laughs> We get pictures all the time and it's the sweetest thing ever. And But, you know, in my house, the three boys, they had to share a room, you know. And there's 18 months difference between the twins and little handsome. And so they had to share a room. And let me just tell you through those developmental breakthroughs, whether mm-hmm. it was Brent when he was learning to roll over or whether it was, you know, one of the twins who, you know, was figuring out how to climb up on the bookshelf or something, you know, yeah. uh, and where we see a bookshelf, they see a ladder Hello. <laughs> and they, they sleep through it in the same room yeah. with each other. They sleep through that. And I think that's, you know, we got to point that out because so many of our families, they are, there's not just one kid right. um, that we can cater to. That, you know, we've got other kids. And during these kind of developmental breakthroughs, I think one of the big things is, oh, my gosh, I can't let them wake up the toddler and now I've got two kids or three kids awake and, and fussing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we say that
0: a lot though. Like don't save the quiet one. Then everything just unravels. What we want to do is equip the quiet one to oh, be able God. to manage the normal sounds and progressions of life lived together with a family. This is a wonderful life. And so what I'd rather do is not take from them the ability, the foundational elements of accommodation, and they're so much better at it all the time. Just let these kids show you what they're capable of. Let them show you what they can do. Because with with my twins, one would scream like I thought the neighbors were going to come over and the other one slept through it like nothing was happening. Right there in the same room. They have this incredible ability to accommodate in a family. And it's great. Then they learn how to accommodate others in a school. Then they learn how to accommodate their community. And it's just like, yeah, here's where it all starts. In your house.
1: In your house. yeah, you know, I think we forget about it. I think we have so much technology and so many voices trying to tell us when things are going to happen and how it's going to happen and what it's going to look like and and it may or may not look like that in your house. And you know, and sometimes listen, the app can say or the books can say or some post on on Instagram can say that that your kid is going through this right now at this particular leap or whatever it is. And, and the thing is, there may be no rhyme or reason.
0: Well, when we were, so we've been asked to do a lot of fun stuff, but one of the things is they asked us to help out while they were making this, you know, play place for kids. And I remember some um, physical therapists, occupational therapists, they went through the toys that would be offered and made um, cards as to each toy and what Developmental, um, you know, areas. This was going to help. Like this helps in like these twenty different ways. After playing with this toy, your child should be able to, you know, stack this color, sort this color, identify that. And although I love the effort, I love that we have that information, that we know that information. For me, as a mom that makes me want to breathe in a paper bag. Like, I just want to like put rings, <laughs> different colored rings of different sizes on, you know, that just little, life. yeah. And can we, can the toys just be about, you know, laughter? And so that overwhelmed me.
1: And it was more like your kids should be right. able to do this, 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 and this. It and was like
0: the toys came with
1: checklists. And thinking, <laughs> like, That's my gosh. what toys are for. And the truth is I looked at that and thought, okay, that is a checklist of everything that I'm failing at as a mom. Right. And, you know, and yes, it's great to know that these toys can help develop some of those things. Um, And I want to do that. And and there is purpose behind certain things. Like I will do purposeful tummy time because I'm wanting to to develop those muscles. But I think we do have to somehow try to balance all of that scientific information, I guess, for lack of a better word, for just fun. So I love what you said. Like it made you feel like here's a checklist of where I
0: might be failing. But I think maybe even the more dangerous element of that is here's where my child might be oh, failing. And, and then, then I compare into them. this, yeah, yeah, into this, how do I keep them from failing? So it's this perspective that begins to bleed into the other areas of parenting when really, the celebration of the accomplishments and different people are designed different ways. Other people may look at that list and go, oh, I just celebrate the three things that they did right and it helps me. That is so great. Just as long as it helps to develop those healthy perspectives about what they're capable of and that it's not a reflection of what you are doing or not doing right. Mostly, you know, we don't need help. That call comes from inside the house. That insecure, you know, voice comes from inside the house. Enough. So sometimes inviting those things that make us feel, you know, maybe like we're not doing it right. Or They're not gonna, you know, we go to the forever. They're never gonna <laughs> learn color. They're never gonna learn to stack.
1: They're never so gonna. Body I, I read
0: this card, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm afraid.
1: Yep. And correct. I think that is so true that we have to be able to, to navigate through all the information. And that's what we've said. I mean, all of our stuff, we try to, to weed out a ton of the, the information because it is overwhelming uh, as a mom, as a parent. Uh, to as make we it navigate. more simple and fun and to know who, to be self-aware,
0: yes. you know, not everybody feels the same about everything. That's totally fine. Parents are so different. You and I are different.
1: We are so different, and it is good. Yeah. We make each other better and yeah. and you know supporting each other through that. so you know with any of these developmental breakthroughs that happen, regardless of age, try to keep a few things in place, so we always want to try and you know have that consistent wake up time in the morning if you yeah. can and yep. have that consistent bedtime routine in the evenings. And that will usually help these breakthroughs, like I said, just become a break, a bump in the road versus, you know, a long drawn out two, three, four week, month. Yes. And we so uh, so many of our clients,
0: you know, they'll go through that. It'll be a developmental breakthrough, a vacation, you know, somebody got sick, something happened. And yeah, the wheels came off yep. and it w- went longer than it should have. And then, you know, they're re engaging us. And we're just like, we're just going to go back to those foundational elements. We're going to put everything back in place again. And it works faster. The, second didn't time, you it, the right. time you do it, the time you do it. So like their bodies really get used to that long stretches of sleep. They want that back just as bad as you do. And so what I love is, is seeing the rhythms of life that are so normal. Like sometimes you're all like gung ho, mom's on call. Like we got it. Our <laughs> schedule is down to the second and I feel so accomplished. And then... Life happens, a developmental breakthrough happens, and things kind of, you know, unravel. Yeah, they unravel, and then it feels like chaotic again. And uh-huh. then and you bring it back around, and then it starts, you know, we start being in a season where we can put the primary elements back in place, and we're back on the road again. And it's mm-hmm. just it, that is life, it goes in and out of that. It's None of it is permanent.
1: We just have to realize there are many days, and, and it's still that way even in my own house with my grown kids, is kind yeah. of wiping the slate clean. Yeah. And just kind of start over. Okay. And, uh, and then these, these developmental breakthroughs are, are just a moment in time. They don't get the best of us. They
0: develop the best in them. And that's exactly what they were designed to do.
1: Thank you for listening to one of the very first Mom Song Call podcast episodes. We wanted to show our appreciation for something that you are doing right now,
0: just listening. So we've put together this really great group of products that we love that we are going to give to you in a giveaway. Yes, valued at like What? It's so much good stuff on there. I want to go over what it is. First of all, a full year supply of formula from Bobby. Are you kidding? That's the newest stuff. It's
1: delicious. How about a slumber pod? I would so have one of those right now for those vacations coming up. And your favorite mattress, which we tried to get them to make
0: big people mattresses, but right now babies get all the love. A Zen Baby two-stage crib mattress with cool coat. From Colgate Mattresses. I love Colgate Mattress, And they're right here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And we also met the maker of NoseBot, the baby nasal aspirator.
1: And it's electric, so there's no sucking. Oh, it's so much easier. Um, $100 gift card from Gerber Children's Wear. What? Did you see that new line they just let out? Oh, Moments? Oh, yeah. it's awesome. It's delicious.
0: Okay, the perfect <laughs> sunnies for your
1: little one from baby eaters. That's my favorite and they even have so different cute. shapes like hearts and sunflowers. I know, they're super cute, but also cool ones, you know, just in
0: case your baby's got to go to the beach That's right. and yeah, it's you be know, cool. yeah, show off. Um a, a brushy set from the Brushies official Fantastic. little teeth, but The best of all of it, clearly, is the complete book set for Moms on Call. Our soft, large, amazing swaddle blanket that just replicates your tender embrace. And all three online courses. With us, I get to watch you cook in the second one, Laura. It's fabulous. I still watch it. (laughs) And then the Letrofan
1: Classic and the Travel Sal Machines. I'm falling asleep just thinking about it. And then the Bibs Pacifiers. What? They're hard to find. And they're my favorite. So
0: you get all this stuff and what all you have to do is subscribe to the Moms on Call podcast, listen to at least one episode, which you're doing right now, and tag other moms who you think would love to be invited to all the fun we're having here. And do that on the giveaway post on Instagram. You have until June 2nd to do that. So good
1: luck. We have taken questions for years and we love taking yours. So give us a call at 888-234-7999.
0: Seven nine. Hey moms, my name is Emily. I have a seven year old son that is still wearing pull ups to bed. Although our pediatrician says it's fine, there seems to be a lot of shame from his end on it. And I there are some programs that I've seen out there, but they all seem pretty pretty painful. We're headed to summer camp this year and wanna know kind of what the best options are for doing something about it without him having to wear pull-ups to summer camp when he's seven? Thanks. That's such a great question. And we want to address all the elements of that. Um, one of the things that is very important, and it sounds like you've done, is you've seen your pediatrician. So we've kind of worked out whatever you know medical issues might be at play here. So if we're just straight up looking for something that we can do, that can help train him to get out of that really, really deep sleep and get up and go to the bathroom at night if that pull-up is still wet in the morning um, is those potty alarms. That's what we have seen over all of these
1: years really be the most successful. And but even before that, if we kind of limit those fluids prior to, you know, what, five, six o'clock in the evening, start coming of pulling back. And one thing that we've always did is before we went to bed, we would get them up and have them go to the bathroom. So kind of at that 10 o'clock mark, uh, get them up and have them go to the restroom as well. But limit those fluids. Try getting them up right before you go to bed and grab and check out one of those potty alarms. That might help kind of, kind of help get yeah. him out of that deep, deep sleep. And we also want to address the psychosocial issues. So yes, there's
0: you mentioned there's so much shame. And what we want to do is be able to speak into that. We would like to equip you to be able to speak into the heart of this seven-year-old. Because first of all, some kids just have a very, very deep sleep. They are in that REM sleep, and it's really hard for them to come out. And that is not by virtue of anything that they did. It's just how they were made. So we want to speak into that at night and just say, listen, you know what? You're just the kind of kid that sleeps really deeply. So we're going to need a little bit of extra help in waking you up and getting you used to this. But you can do it because you're strong and adaptable and resilient, and we've got this. And just keep that kind of attitude, that real positive attitude, so that that is contagious to him because it's the truth. Hi, moms. My name is Kayla and I have three children under the age of six years old, and what I want to know is my two youngest are Irish twins. They are 11 months apart, and neither one of them will sleep all night in their room. We just moved them from our bed. We did do co-sleeping. We just moved them from our bed to their own beds about six weeks ago, and we generally make it about until 11 or 12. Um, I need to know the best way to keep them in their rooms, in their beds and out of mine. Thank you so much.
1: Well, of course, according to their age, we have those specific things that we can do for each age group to get them in their own room. And one of the biggest things, especially if they can get out of their bed, is to make sure that room is childproof. Let's get them onto the right routine. A great sound machine will help as well. And your confidence is contagious. So begin to speak that truth into them that they can sleep. All night in their room, in their bed. Well, and you send consistent messages. So,
0: yes, we want a door that locks from the hallway side and we want them in a non-optional sleep environment. Well, that's and just the way yeah, to do it. Right. And, you know, people sometimes get horrified about that. But the truth is, you know, we put them in a crib and the crib had bars. The this room just limits access to the house like the crib used to limit access to the room. It's a
1: safety element. We don't want them getting up in the middle of the night and getting in trouble. Shoot, I had three boys. <laughs> Man, they would have burned my house down. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there's all
0: kinds of dangers there. And uh, so the first thing, like Laura said, we're going to keep them safe. And then we speak into that safety. Every night, right before bed, we meet them between awake and asleep, and we tell them what they're capable of, and then we back that up with our actions. And the great thing is, here at Moms on Call, we've written that out. We have mapped it out in a how-to. It's not 300 pages. It's probably like, what, Laura? Three. Eight (laughs) pages, three, yeah, (laughs) of the how-to. And so it can walk you through for that age Everything that you need to know from the temperature of the room to the timing of the schedules. These kids learn by
1: repetition and routine, and so we're going to back that up. When they're sleeping great and you guys are sleeping great, then we can absolutely have the best time during the day.
0: Hi, Mom's on Call. I have a question about my two-year-old daughter. She's always been a great sleeper, but lately we are dealing with chronic ear infections that are... Causing really big sleep issues. Um, what tips do you have for navigating these type of scenarios? I want to do obviously anything I can to comfort her when she's not feeling well, but I also don't want to ruin the good sleep habits that we've worked so hard on. Thanks. We get asked this question a lot, and ear infections are very specific because they don't always have symptoms. So they don't have to have a fever to have an ear infection. Like you don't know. Are they teething? They have an ear infection. They have a bad day. The only way to know is to look in there. Are they so, just grouchy? Right. Bravo to you for <laughs> <laughs> knowing and getting them into the doctor and letting them look in there, knowing what's going on. Now that we know what's going on, we know that that flat position can sometimes be uncomfortable in the first day or two if they're giving antibiotics and you know while it's kind of kicking in at the beginning. So yes, we don't quote unquote sleep train. While kids are legitimately sick and an ear infection and the discomfort that's associated with that, especially in the first two to three days of the start of antibiotics would be considered
1: a legitimate illness for what you are going go to go. And then we just have to go into survival mode at that point. Yep. And we do what we have to do to kind of get through those those few days. But we can still keep a few things in place. Mm-hmm. The routine, that consistent evening routine the sound machine, whatever those things, that that evening routine that you've had in place, keep that in place regardless in the middle of the night is when we'll have those issues. And, and once we know that they're not sick, then we can begin to, to get back onto those good habits. And I love that you brought up that noise machine. It needs to be an adult noise machine, the white noise
0: machine that needs to be loud enough for it to be effective. So take a look at the website. Our favorite is the ElectraFan. It is so great. It High has quality. a couple of sound choices, but keep that up nice and loud and you will be amazed at how much that really helps support the other things you're doing, like the consistency and the routine. And, you
1: know, we're going to make it through this. And usually it's two or three nights of just getting things back on track. Mm -hmm. You've got this.
0: Some days on the Moms on Call podcast, I literally cannot wait to rush to the good stuff. We always, always say your kids are strong, adaptable and resilient. And so are you. But this is one of our favorite
1: parts to talk about. So we both have kids who have played sports, and this one melted my heart. So, did you see the video of the Miami Dolphin number 55 looking for his mom? Aw, what was he saying? So, so there's this video. And he's mic'd up, you know. Okay. And so he's talking with the other players and he keeps asking, Where's my mom? Where's my mom? I've been I've been looking for my mama this whole game. Where's my mama? He is searching and looking and asking, and everybody is like, nah, I don't see your mama. Again. And did anybody help him? <laughs> I mean, I think everybody was by this point was trying to help this okay. guy find his mama. Yeah, hey, I'm looking for my mama, bro. I can't see her. Where is
0: my mama, bro? Flag! Man, my mama
1: poppy is going crazy right now. Hey, I'm solid, B. I drink my milk, eat my peas. Bro, where is my mama though? And so then you see this huge smile come across his face and he's like, I found my mama. (laughs) Okay. So I have a funny story to tell you. One time my husband took my three kids to Walmart.
0: Why would you take three kids to Walmart? Well, and two of them are movement kids. So they're just like, Hamilton ran off. So they couldn't find him. And uh, they looked everywhere and then they um, stopped and prayed. They're like, we're just going to pray. And they saw, I don't know, the candy aisle or whatever, which is probably <laughs> the most butt. likely place to find him. And um, and started to pray. And he ran around the corner, like just at that moment. But it, he did not want to tell me that story when he got home. But he lost one of our kids. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I finally had all three kids and I want to seem like I have it all together. So he got home and he told me the story and he thought I was going to be upset. And I was like, honey, look, like you were at Woodstock, Georgia, Walmart. Nobody wants the extra kid there. If they found him, they would be like, who does this belong to? <laughs> Take them back. They are going to find you. <laughs> but it just had such a happy ending. Anytime you, um, you know, have those moments that seem like they're so stressful. And then it all resolves. Everybody's reunited. That's one of my absolute favorites.
1: I found my mama. I found my mama. I found my mama. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit momsoncall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey.